You were, we're on. Oh, we're on two fingers in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna crack open a beer. Do it. Yeah, let's get let's get a beer going. Let's you know, get, you let's know get what? It going. I'll have a beer along. You've my got whiskey. a beer, but you've already got whiskey. You madman. Yeah, well, I'll have both eventually. You're gonna well, you're gonna want both. Yeah, this we're gonna is be a, here for a minute. We're gonna be here. It's not gonna be that long. Yeah, we're. Gonna it's gonna about... it's gonna fly by. We're going to talk about murder. Murder. <laughs> mm. How are you doing tonight, Colin? I'm doing great, man. Hell yeah, dude. I'm doing good. I'm good. I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were at the mic uptown just over at uh, uh, Turn, Turn, Turn. Yes, we, we were. Here. Shout out. Shout out. Turn, turn, turn. Very cool place over there. Logan hosting a nice... Logan Loft Miller has mm-hmm. a nice little mic up. It's cool little vinyl-themed bar performance venue. That's a cool spot. Yeah, they, they sell records there. They do. You can go buy some records. I, I actually bought um, a police album there I, once. Oh, okay. Yeah. You See, police guy? I am a police guy. This is just a good band, man. For band, right? Not yeah. for the world. No, the band. That's Definitely good. Banned. Like King, uh, King of Pain is just an immaculate song. You think so? I think so. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. I don't know that song. That's a good song, man. Highly recommend. Put it on afterwards. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do yeah, it. I would have you put it on now if I had like uh, music cues and whatnot set yeah, up. Yeah, but, but we I don't. don't. I don't have that kind of... We don't want to get in trouble. Well, and I don't have that kind of infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To, to loop it into the episode. Just no. Like, no. Well, We're not there yet. I have music that I like putting on, but, you know, I, I... I don't... I'm not a sound editor. Neither am I. Which probably means I shouldn't be doing a podcast. <laughs> almost completely independently. Maybe. Maybe. <clears throat> Do a little bit of YouTube research. I've done a little bit, okay. you know, and it's it's all I've done other podcasts. Yeah, you know, this is not my first foray into podcasting. You're not, you're not new to this rodeo. I'm I'm a little new. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm new to doing one that is, you know, chiefly on your own, on my own, and I know it's on my own. I'm adjusting it to be the correct amount of work for doing it on my right. own. Right. Because other ones I've done in the past, I did one about movies mm-hmm. with some old friends from college right. during the pandemic. And you, you just got to do that. It, it, you know, it's much more fun. I've only been doing this one now for a little while. Yeah, like, but, like a month or so now, right? Something like that. Yeah, we launched at the beginning of February. So, and it's the middle of that now. So we got three, as of us recording, we have three. We'll have more out by the time we got this comes out. We got the goddamn murder casserole. We got the murder casserole. Do you want to hear my story that I was telling you about earlier? Please. Okay. So I went to go get a COVID booster shot mm-hmm. uh, the other day. And, like, I went into the Walgreens to go and do that. They do it for free. It's a big old thing. Um, and, like, Walgreens... The Walgreens off MLK is such a shithole. <laughs> like, mm. it's just a bad place for anybody to be. Okay, MLK and what? Uh, Dude, I think it's like Wilder or something. Okay. Yeah. This is real talking shop, Portland, Oregon here. Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Iowa listeners. Yeah, it's just a bad store. There's just like always something happening right mm. and this time there was a guy he was he was in front of his tent 
and like I'm walking out after I get my booster and he's like outside of his tent and it looks like he was kicking his dog and I was I like usually I don't like speak up in situations like this just Mm -hmm. because it's like it's I've seen enough of it where it's like it's not my place to kind of like uh mind your own business kind of thing right but because he's kicking a dog i'm just like hey dude don't don't kick your dog you can't kick dogs yeah don't kick dogs right don't kick dogs and very simple yeah it's a like easy hard stance don't kick dogs and he turns to me and immediately he's like it's not a dog man it's a pig (laughs) it's just like (laughs) wait (laughs) i have questions yeah go for it so was it a dog? No, it was a pig. <laughs> okay. Follow up. Uh-huh. You personally. Yeah. Is it oh <laughs> is it more <laughs> I almost just said whatever. Is it better, is it less bad to kick a pig than a dog? It depends on the intention with the pig. No, I don't think <laughs> you, you can make on that eating call. it. You might be tenderizing. <laughs> well, no, yeah. don't. I, I, I looked at him and I was like, "Don't kick the pig, dude." <laughs> you shouldn't kick any animal. Yeah, and he was just like, "Well, it's trying to hunt me and bite me." And I was like, "Just don't." I bet it's not. Just, I bet it's not. And also, <laughs> you're living in a tent on the street, guy. Where did yeah. one? Where did you get a pig? Where'd you get a pig? Where did like? <laughs> You got a pig from a kindly farmer. Yeah. He probably just like you, went outside of Portland. And he was like, I'm going to steal a pig today. Well, and I don't know. Two, if you don't want the pig humping and biting you, don't get the pig. Mm. Because I'm not surprised that pigs hump, but I didn't know that was something that they did. I like, I feel like. I mean, I mean, what animal doesn't hump? Mm. In some way, right? I think everything humps. Everything humps. That should be the next kids' book we write. <laughs> everything humps. Yeah. Because <laughs> that'd be great. Oh, you could. There's a market for that. that. That's for like ten to twelve year olds. Yeah. That's for like Christian well, families. It's from that like don't ten to twelve year old boys and right. like eight to ten year old girls <laughs> and, and their families that are like. We don't know. That sounded creepy. Like we're gonna cut this. Well, no, I'm not gonna cut it. I'm gonna adjust it. I'm gonna reel it back. I'm. I don't cut raw here at Murder Casserole. Okay, this is a casserole that hasn't been fully baked. It's. (laughs) Somebody said we're half baked. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm fully baked. Um, (laughs) No, but what I mean by that is that women, females, tend to mature sexually earlier, and I feel like that we process their you know sexual maturity at the same time as males right. and that i think is probably wrong right? right i don't know i have no idea but either. i i know that you know also at the same time we have a really problem with sexualizing females at a very young age Listen, I, I this as soon as i started talking about it i was like it's because i watched that fucking britney spears thing oh like is it about like what I have no idea. I'm not going to even... Well, there's multiple docs. There's the... There's the stuff about her dad. Well, it's all along the same lines. There's the New York Times one that they put on Hulu that I watched that was, you know, about the conservative... They're both about the conservatorship. And then Mm -hmm. Aaron Lee Carr, who's an incredible documentarian. I love her movies. Um, Right. 
did one for Netflix called Britney versus Spears that takes a little bit more in a little bit more personal look into the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like the New York Times was was ironically a lot about how intrusive the press can be. Yeah, but you you get a very big thing anytime you watch a New York Times sponsored thing that talks about the dangers of, of the press of paparazzi. It's, it's just kind of like there's a very so, they're, they're writing that. from a very solidly upturned nose, yeah. as if they're like, not. The paper would never do such a thing, right? <laughs> Print journalism is is held to a higher <laughs> standard. <laughs> Now let me pull out my pocket watch and yes. tell you what time of day it this is. This is the perfect time for me to spark my pipe. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, but where do you get a pig? And quite frankly, <laughs> why do you have a pig, dude? You know where you get a pig, Jeff? Where? Down at the police station. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> oh, got him! Fuck me. You know what I'm going to do? Yeah. I'm gonna take my socks off. Oh, get them tootsies out. Well, because I'm in my home and I don't. I, <laughs> You're gonna I get them pigs out, bro. <laughs> I don't like wearing just socks. That's it, true. it bothers me and I feel slippery. I'm a big. Um... Now, ironically, because I don't want to feel slippery, I'm gonna put on slippers. There you go. Uh, uh, which I, is a very funny name for these. Yeah, because you're not slipping. Yeah, it's the opposite. They make it so you don't slip. Yeah. They be well, it, I think it's because you slip into them. They call them slipper, slip don'ts. <laughs> that's not, that's the worst <laughs> brand name you could have thought of for such a thing. <laughs> slip don'ts? Yeah. Not don't slip? Not like, we used to have, have you, worked, have you ever worked for a food industry no. job? No. Uh, the thing that they call them are tread safes. Okay. Are the ones that have like the oil resistance so mm-hmm. that you like don't slip on it's shit. I, I thought that was a myth. Yeah. I thought that was bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then I got a job in a kitchen and I came in for a stage shift, shift when they were hiring me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they um, had me walk around. I just wore like Converse. Yeah. To, to the stage shift. And uh, I fell. Yeah, <laughs> because I you were wearing pretty fucking the bad. non-slick shoes. Because here's the thing that happens in kitchen. Uh-huh. Oil. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's used in a lot of cuisines, it turns out. I would argue to say most. Uh, yeah, if it's not oil, it's some kind of shortening, which is also oil. Right. Or butter. But, dude, I our house is a big butter house. All big right. butter house. Dude. Same. I go through so much butter on a daily basis. Good Butter's good. Dude, you should put that in a casserole. You should make a butter casserole. Do you think there's um, a serial killer that their MO was to leave butter behind? You know what? There was a thing. <laughs> it's not butter, and this is gross, but there was... Um, margarine. The man from the... <laughs> Sing out my mic because I'm laughing. It's too close. It's too. This is a hot mic. This one right here. It's touchy, man. It's touchy. It's the new. It's the new mic. So she's touchy. Yeah. You know. Um. But uh, no, there was a, a, a serial killer who um, we talked about him in the the, the first episode we recorded for mm-hmm. this podcast, and it's a it hasn't come out. It has not come out yet. It'll come out next week. Um. 
it, it's one with Spencer Lauchs where we talk about the man from the train and the the axe murders in Villisca. Mm-hmm. So is it here to uh, officially unsolved crime that took place in Iowa mm-hmm. that turned out, I believe, in this book, The Man from the Train, points out, like, uh, very succinctly to be the work of, like, a rail-riding serial killer, a guy who just traveled by train, mm-hmm. you know, and was a lumberjack and killed people with axes, killed whole families. Right. Um, and his thing was that he would... <laughs> this was specifically found in the crime scene of Villisca, and this is gross, that he mm-hmm. used... Uh, he went into the thing. They found uh, bacon grease. Oh, really? Left behind in at weird each places. Each of the scenes? Not at everyone. At a but couple at, of at them. A few of them. Well, see, they were spread out over states, okay. multiple states. And right. This is the, in the nineteen late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen. You can get bacon grease anywhere. Well, As most we places had bacon. As we established, most homes had bacon. Twenty twenty three, Portland, Oregon. Off MLK Street, you could get bacon grease right there. You could get bacon grease. Aww. <laughs> you know that, do you know what that means? It means not only does that pig have to die, it has to be, like, refined. Yeah. Like, 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 a, like, a, like a piece of coal. Oh, uh, I didn't want to think about it I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan. <laughs> I didn't want to think about it I too hard. I don't. You should eat pigs. Uh, they're delicious. Um, they are, but they're also so sweet, man. That doesn't matter. They're a little, like, they're cute. It don't matter if That's they were true. if they had the brain to be like sweet enough they would uh, they would be, be dogs and we don't eat dogs we well some places do some places do some pla- I have an Asian friend who's like yeah you shouldn't have a pet. Dogs, animals are food. Well, it's it. because it's like out of necessity though. It's not necessarily yes like yes. And That's he's he's Asian. He he was adopted, mm. I believe, into a white family. Oh. If I'm not mistaken. Mm. I could be wrong. So the white family was like, no, <laughs> I think that you know he just uh, I, I I don't know. Well, well I'm, I want him to have him on the pod sometime. We'll talk about it then when he's on. What the do you mean podcast. we? I don't know. I <laughs> <laughs> like to be inclusive. Oh well, that's nice. I have been saying we with this podcast, like right. and we, the first episode we record. I've been saying it in the royal we. Yeah. The whole the time. It's like I said. It's, it's just, just Colin. Yeah, I mean, my wife, God lover, has done a lot of help with promoting the podcast. We'll and, say and has she's been a sweet lady. Very just sweet. Met her. Very sweet. I, I, I am talking too nice about her in mm-hmm. public forums, which. You know, the try guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm afraid of being the wife guy <laughs> who's just like glows about his wife. Because then <laughs> everybody wife. everybody will then immediately start thinking that I'm doing something horrible underneath. Right. right. Because only it seems like anymore only the guys who talk about loving their wives uh-huh. are the ones who do horrible shit to their wives. That's true. <laughs> and I don't want people thinking. So I'm... I'm she doesn't help at all. With you hear it. You heard it here, guys. She fucking sucks. Yeah, and she's in it, the other room. You and I guarantee correlation does not equal causation. Darn and Colin's God. wife can go. I don't know, man. I don't actually want to say anything. Yeah, she's in the other room. Yeah, she's she, nice. she can. She, she can definitely hear all of what we're saying. <laughs> I don't want to say anything mean. She's a this nice is a lady. ramshackle. She's very nice. Yeah. I. I, 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 I Love her to pieces. She's yeah. the queen of my world. Yeah. I'm yeah. Our, well, weird segue, yeah, but we're, just, we're getting started. But we hit the, the the time where I want to do murder. So okay. let's we'll talk about murder, not do it. 
Maybe. No, I'm not going to do murder. People are always like, Alan, you look too much like a murderer to talk about murder. I am guilty. I have said this joke on stage before. Well, about me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. I have aviator glasses. I think it's the mustache. And it's a combo of things that I. it's not unintentional to make me look a little upsetting for laughs. Mm-hmm. I like that about myself. Yeah, it makes it easy. Well, yeah, and Approachable. I, I've never taken my, well, we're not going to get into all that. <laughs> this is for another ep. So, we haven't talked about the case we're covering. We haven't even By talked design. about who we are. <laughs> and nor will we, joke. Oh. <laughs> I haven't even introduced you. Yeah, we're in Portland, Oregon. We're talking with Portland comedian uh, Jeff Morris. That is me, correct, yes. Hi, Jeff. Hi. Born and raised in Portland. That is correct, good yes. Good guy, good guy. Mm-hmm. Hell of a guy. Right off 82nd, the hot spot of any good activity in Portland, Oregon. The you... good old dirty 82. Uh huh. I love you it. need over here. crystal meth, I know a guy named Wizard. He'll hook it up. <laughs> Man, I was kind of, it made me feel at home when I found out people in Oregon did meth. Dude, so much. Because I, meth seems like a particularly like small town in uh, Midwest type of thing to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, nah, dude. You know, meth is very Iowan in a certain way. This uh, is like the hubbub of the North, of the of West the Coast. Of the Pacific Northwest, of yeah. the West Coast meth dealings. I, I would say so, yes. Well, it wouldn't surprise me at all, and not to speak poorly about Idaho, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if Idaho had meth they're in, they're probably in competition with us but what I would you say yeah well, it's I, legal here I I, I have decriminalized uh-huh. I haven't spent enough time in Idaho to make fair judgment I, I Idaho's beautiful yeah it's a pretty place I, I loved driving through Idaho I yeah. would love to do shows in Idaho if you were a comedy booker in Idaho Book Colin and Jeff. Book Colin and Jeff specifically all right Colin well, let's Maddox talk about, and Jeff Morris Colin Maddox Jeff Morris uh-huh uh, bulldog comedy bookings yeah. at gmail.com <laughs> I think is what the address is I don't know something like that um, but let's talk about this murder case alright so this is a well known case okay. it's a big one alright so Jeff let me ask you something do you like horror movies not particularly oh no. fuck well okay um, <laughs> I, I, I know a vast but amount you know of them. of them yes so what do Norman Bates of oh, Psycho. The, ba- the Bates Hotel? Bates Motel, yeah. Okay, yeah. What is he? Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Mask, uh-huh. and Buffalo Bill, what do they all have in common? I honestly could not tell you. They are all based on the same real-life murderer. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. yeah. Guy, we're talking about here on Murder Casserole, we're talking about with Jeff Morris, we're talking about Ed Gein, Ooh, the Butcher of Plainfield. All right. Yeah. We're getting in. I have heard the name Ed Gein before. Ed so. Gein is a he's a popular name. Mm-hmm. He is the kind of archetype. He's the first understanding that a lot of people have in the 20th century of what a serial killer is. He is the right. kind of person that when uh, uh, to large groups of people, when you say serial killer, they mm-hmm. think of Ed Gein. Was uh, so is Ed Gein one of the guys that comes from my my hometown? Not hometown, but like area of the northwest because we have a lot of them up here no he okay. is not and i would say you know the pacific northwest has some 
good stories for serial killing. You got yeah. Gary Ridgeway. Yeah, we got the, the Green got Water Killer. Green River Killer, yes, uh-huh. Gary Ridgeway. You've got, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, con- that's no, twice right. I've corrected you. You're right. Um, but, uh, and then you, Ted Bundy start, yeah. started his spree in Washington. Yeah, he actually, uh, he went through Corvallis where I went to school. He sure did. Frequently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loved murdering people. Um, we're oh, going to talk geez. about Bundy on the podcast at some point but like it's the thing uh it's a rare thing in this case that i think is interesting because mm-hmm. a lot he's not from pacific to answer your question right. he's from the midwest oh your hometown he is from, he's not from my hometown he's not even from my home state um <laughs> the whole midwest the whole midwest is well and i would it's question like most of the most famous <laughs> Uh, true crime cases have some kind of link to the Midwest. There's something about the Midwest that when you get there and you're out there in the small towns and stuff, I think yeah. there is a... I, I just talked about this within a, a recent episode about Charles Starkweather, who was a spree killer in Nebraska mm-hmm. in the late 50s. Right. Um, he, uh, there's this thing about the Midwest that where you get into those really small towns and it's just desolate. It's just nothing and it's deep and it's dark for a huge part it's cold and the winters are so tough and the 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 summers are so humid and you're tired all the time everybody's upset well and there's a niceness to the place that i have come to think is kind of artificial right you know and there is a lot of judgment and resentment underneath a very nice they say hey how are you but like you look at their eyes and they're like i could kill you right now yeah, we're we're dark people, and I think it's you know I don't know why I think it's because of the perception that everybody has, including the people there of the Midwest, that it's so sweet. I think it's because it's so flat. We could go rounds about this, Jeff. The Midwest is not all flat. Uh, there are some uh, geographers who place Colorado in the Midwest. I'll be candid with you. Never been, but... To the Midwest or yeah, Colorado? I've been to Colorado. Yeah. Uh, I've not been to the Midwest. And quite frankly, I don't care too all right, well, that's fine. I'm There's gonna, not mountains gonna, in the Midwest, but there are bluffs. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you know what? <laughs> you don't There's have to tell you. <laughs> that's a Western term. We don't use the term butte in the Midwest. That term doesn't start cropping up until you get to Wyoming. Okay. Um, no, but uh, if you think, at least I'm from Iowa. If you think Iowa is flat, do Ragbri, which mm-hmm. is the cross state bike uh journey that they do every summer it's not flat it's uh, i would assume very so. hilly we don't live on a rolling earth. hills i would say i'm gonna take a hard stance right here i don't think that the earth is flat well look at you yeah. <laughs> look at you i'm gonna show my colors here i don't think the earth is flat so i would assume that like anywhere you go there's gonna be some sort of elevation incline and decline not nebraska Oh, shit. Hard takes. <laughs> I will say Iowa is not as flat as Nebraska. Nebraska's flat as fuck. Okay. And the, is that the corn one? Well, yes. Okay. One of them. One of the many. I won't say it's the corn one. Okay. Because Iowa also is known for its corn. So yeah. you just don't know shit. I really don't, man. I'm like, everybody thinks Portland, Oregon, we're educated, we're smart. Nah, dude, we're dumber than shit nah, up here. <laughs> you're not dumb. So 
This is one of those rare exception cases of the kind of legend growing bigger than the actual murders. Because yes. I don't think you can call Ed Gein a serial killer. Right. Because for the simple fact that he only has two known victims. Right. Of people he killed. Now, what was Ed Gein primarily? He was a freak. Uh, and we're going to get into it. And, and, and you know, he inspired, like I said, Psycho. He inspired the mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He inspired Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Ed Gein, he was born in La Crosse, Wisconsin in 1906. That's a fun name. Yeah. Ed Gein, La Crosse, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. I've never been to La Crosse. They're just really big into playing lacrosse there. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know uh, much about lacrosse. I know some of, uh, you know, Wisconsin the state just living in Iowa, but all I know it for growing up was it's where you go to get fireworks. Oh, okay. You go to either Wisconsin or Missouri. Here in Oregon, you just drive up into Washington. And oh, that's yeah. Where you're get it. That's, well, there's always one, you're always just one state away. Right. It's but then like, when I was in like college, they legalized all the big fireworks in Iowa so that we have no use for Wisconsin. Right. Anymore. And so just um, burn that entire state. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? How fun is that? Jamari was from Wisconsin. I know. That's kind of why I picked this. Yeah. Uh, well, we're not going to throw shade on Jamoodles, but. Um, I love that dude. He killed it last night. He's a night. sweetheart. Um, but Jim Mowdy was supposed to be on the show <laughs> right now, and he 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 slept in. He slept in. So uh, we got now Jeff. we got Jeff Morris to fill in. But uh, we love it. Yeah, we love having you. I I'm having you. a good time. I, I'm having a great time. So Ed's parents. He had an older brother named mm-hmm. Henry. His parents were George and Augusta Gein. Now, now George Gein was what we might refer to today as an eternally sad boy. Oh man. He had a he was a lifelong victim, he lifelong would've, he would've alcoholic. Fit in big time here in Portland. He would have been he <laughs> so many of these characters in these stories would have done so well if they're you just, just dropped them in a place just, with zero inhibitions. <laughs> they're just misplaced time and location. The kink community 20... <laughs> would worship Ed Gein with open arms. 2023 Portland, Oregon. We're taking all of these characters. All of them. So, George Gein was he 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 lived his whole life with really horrible survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, and this is something that only happened back in the old days in the right. Midwest. And I remember my grandparents telling me survivors about guilt things like this. Well, how he lost his family, why okay. he had the survivor's guilt, mm-hmm. was that it, 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 there was a flood coming, right? To, yeah. the, to this area where the, the, the Gein family lived. There was a flood right. coming. So uh, George Gein was a kid and he was six. So they left him at home. And the parents and his sister said, okay, we're going to run into town and get provisions for the flood. And when they did that, the flood hit early and they were swept away by the river and drowned. Oh, so they hit the house instead of the town. Well, I think they were trying to cross the river. Gotcha. Um, before the flood hit and they were too late. They thought it was hitting later. But the guy that was like, I'm going to go hook it up for all of you guys. He's out. He was out of there. Well, well, well the whole family. It mm. was. This is Ed Gein's dad. Ed yeah. Gein's dad's George a kid. Gein. George Gein. His mother, father, and older sister all died in this flood. Right. So he's an orphan. Yeah. So he grew up, and he he grows up with horrible survivor's guilt, you know, because of this. 
Um, but eventually he uh, meets Augustagine. I hate that name so. <laughs> that that is the name of a mother of a zero. You would have um, <laughs> broken under Augustagine's. Uh, Augustagine. I'm a soft boy, so yeah, probably. Now she's <laughs> who I would refer to as a real piece of work. Oh, okay. <laughs> because Augustagine was um, she was an, from an extremely religious German family. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a belief that all women. I guess apart from her, right. were inherently sinful just being women. She inherited this very sexist, like religious. That's a, that's a world big view. take to just be like, I'm good, but the rest of you, you're gonna burn. Hell. Well, I wonder how much of it was I'm good, or how much of it's like I know. Right. Like, I know the way, and you all They're are just not pulling a big Scientology yeah, aspect yeah, yeah, yeah. of it. Just like, hey. Well, she carried We're this throughout her entire life. She was fervently religious. She was... Um, That's always a good start. Yeah, and she had a bunch of brothers and sisters, and she, she met George Gein, mm. and they, they did not fall in love, but she thought he was okay enough. <laughs> um, like, you'll do. Yeah, pretty much. It was that he's not a shithead. Yeah. He's polite when he comes over. Right. Um, but uh, So they get together... And they uh, they get married. Uh, Augusta is disgusted by sex of any kind, according to author Harold Schechter, who is mm-hmm. where I got all this information for this episode. He wrote a great book called Deviant about Ed Gein. Good source. If you want to uh, check out more of this story, we're just really doing a cursory go over. Yeah. Uh, but if you're interested in that, check out Deviant by and all of Harold Schechter's books are mm-hmm. incredible. Um, but, uh, basically they were living in lacrosse when they got married. They have two kids, two boys. They got Henry and then they got old little Eddie. I'm surprised that they had sex to make kids. If she's like, I don't want nothing. Apparently, according to Harold Schechter, they only had sex the two times. (laughs) Of course. She's like, I'm only going to reproduce. This is once. Do not touch me. This is a one time. Oh, yeah. And also, George Gein is um, an alcoholic. He is. He does not right. enjoy He's hanging hurt. out at home. He is uh, dealt a, a, a bad hand by life. He's carrying around problems that he is not dealing with well. Mm-hmm. He beats Augusta. He beats the kids. Oh, and so he's, he's a good in, guy, too. Oh, he's a, and sure. he's a drunk. You yeah. know, and he's, he's, he's an alcoholic. Um... And they run a, a small grocery store in Lacrosse at first, but eventually Augusta starts seeing all the women in Lacrosse as sinful little buckets of disgust. So I'm gonna sit here, and I feel like she's like good. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sitting as we speak. Uh, I feel like she just wasn't attracted like men, and because I don't think she was much attracted to anything. Yeah. That's also a high potential. I'm not here to guess sexuality right now, no. but I will say that I actually don't have anything to continue. <laughs> Keep going. No, I think I get what you were driving at, though. There's a very strong possibility that you know Augustine was. Just, there's a lot of the society and an like religious upbringing we're kind of just realizing now how much it can really fuck up your head yes when you raise a kid with a an extremely strict idea of religion mm-hmm. that tells them that whoever does not obey by this very strict set of rules is 
damned eternally and right. will never be held you know in any kind of positive sense right and you soak a child in that mm-hmm. idea yeah. that kid's he, gonna come out having very hard opinions on everything yeah exactly you know and is gonna transfer that to whoever she comes in contact with mm-hmm. now augusta like i said thought all the women of lacrosse wisconsin were harlots and stuff so she was like we need to get out of the big city Lacrosse is I'm not trying, a big city. I'm to move to Lacrosse if that's the case. What's yeah. up? <laughs> so right. So they're like, let's move to Plainfield, Wisconsin. Now right. Plainfield, Wisconsin, in the middle of fucking nowhere. We went she from makes, we went from two hundred people to like a fucking post office. Well, see, you're exaggerating a, a bit. You went to from about ten thousand, maybe fifteen uh-huh. in Lacrosse to about a town of like maybe a thousand. Right. So uh, basically, Eddie struggled to make friends as a kid. Mm-hmm. Classic. Well, he's also living in a town of a thousand people at best. Well, but that actually makes you friends with everybody if you're halfway decent at social interactions. Fair enough. Uh, (laughs) Like, it puts you on low-key good terms with everybody. Fair enough. Uh, But uh, he struggled to make friends. He had a droopy left eye. He Mm -hmm. had a weird little growth on his left eyelid that made his eye droop. so he was just bullied a lot. He, he didn't really get... Uh, Harold Schechter doesn't talk about getting bullied. It's just that everybody avoided him. He became very isolated at a young age. That's considered bullying. All right. Ostracization, yes. Is it? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> As a victim of ostracization. Ostracization. Yeah, ostracization. Ostracization. Yeah, I was going to say ostracization just sounds like, oh, your bullies turned you into a big bird. Actually, what it is is that emus bullied me. <laughs> uh, no, that is a form of bullying, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so he was bullied. Yeah. Um, let's say that. he. Uh, but there was reasons, obviously. Uh, he had kind of a girlish voice. Okay. From a young age. he was ha- his One of his big habits was just staring at the girls for right. uncomfortably long periods of time. Not great. Yeah, not, <laughs> a good, not a good start. Uh, and he also had a tendency to, like, um, at the slightest provocation, break down crying. Mm, mm-hmm. So yeah. So he was a very sensitive kid. Yeah. And, like, sensitive kids tend to be more expressive. Yes. Is that going to come up? I was a sensitive kid, I, I think. A, I would, dude, I, I was a sensitive, a sensitive kid. kid. I, I was kind of quick to cry. That's why we do comedy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was told... I kind of got the opposite treatment of a lot of, I think, boys, where, you know, kids were told you should... You know, a lot of boys are told not to, like, express their emotions or whatever. Wear the color blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I was always told it's okay to do that. So I think it made me Mm. sensitive and, like, able to be, like, whatever in certain certain situations. Time and place. You you, you learn the time and the place. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So school was the only time that Eddie and his brother Henry were allowed to leave the farm. Right. They weren't really allowed to have friends. And it sounded like Augusta wasn't big on boys crying. All that was much. not. Well, she was cool with the boys. She just really. Oh, the other thing I forgot to mention was she really wanted Eddie to be a girl. Yeah. She really wanted a girl. Heard that, Ed. Same here, buddy. Um. <laughs> uh. She did not like that she got a boy because she thought uh, Henry was just going to turn out to be like his father. Well, so, whom, by the way, George right. Gein, 
very quickly after getting married, Augusta Gaines just starts to fucking hate. Right. Like, they... Well, he's abusive. Hated and drunk, each so other. that makes sense. Well, yeah, but that... Her hatred of him came first. Oh, okay, cool. Like, they... I'm not... Not to... I'm not keeping score in an abusive relationship, but it was abusive for both ends. Yeah, nobody's good in this story, except for maybe Henry. Right. Henry's just like, man, I just wanted to live Well, but here's the thing. We'll get to Henry. He comes up. He comes up. So, they were never really allowed to play with other kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, Harold Schechter kind of puts it that as soon as, like, Henry... Edry... Henry or Eddie would come home and be like, oh, I started playing with Timmy Jones or whatever from school. Augusta would be like, that kid? I know that kid. I know his family. His family's a piece of shit. I would never let my kids play with that kid. Like, no, you were never allowed to see them again. Like, she's, she's So I have to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Why'd she want a girl if every moment she's like, every woman's a sinner? I think she wasn't going to be happy in any way. I think she wanted a girl because she wanted an ally, probably. Gotcha. She, said she wanted someone in her pocket. Because as be much like, as she thought women side. were beneath her, there's this weird, I like, brand in the, and specifically in the Midwest, I've seen in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at later, like, people like Phyllis Schlafly, mm-hmm. <clears throat> right, who was like a, a, a famous female misogynist. Right. Um,. You look at her, and there's this stripe of, like, female misogyny that is also very, like, feministic at the same time, weirdly. It's, it's like, contradiction on contradiction on contradiction. Because the, she ran the farm, Augusta mm-hmm. Gein, and she ran the grocery store when they had it. She right. was a very tough, industrious woman who mm-hmm. thought that... Who didn't think, but exemplified that women can do what men can do, and oftentimes better, because her husband was a fucking drunk and a loaf. Right. You know, he was, he was killing it, guys. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, she thought women just because they like had a like we. She also had this interned like misogyny of women have like lower mental capacities mm-hmm. and are given to vice more easily than mm-hmm. men, or it's more excusable with men. Right. It's religion. Religion's patriarchal, like, in, in many, many forms. Right. Like, specifically Christianity. Yeah. Like, is is very just women are bad and men can do as they like. That they, is the general they narrative the apple, you get. therefore they ban. It, very much so, though, yeah. is, like, probably what she's thinking. So mm. I think, though, by the time when she got into the situation of getting married and stuff... Mm-hmm. And having the first kid, she was just like, oh, I fucking hate this. The only thing that's going to make it better is if I have a girl. An ally. Yeah, pretty much. I, I Maybe. that uh, That's your hard guess. Or, one, or maybe less ally. Ally seems very now to use. I think she mm-hmm. just wanted somebody that she could identify with, which right. is, you know, an ally. Yeah. That's just um, most people in general. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... Um, this attitude of her not really liking anybody in town. She mm-hmm. was known as a very cool person everywhere they went. Callous. Avoid. You yeah. know, people avoided her. All of that, by the time he reached his teenage years and his... Uh, by the time he reached adulthood, really, Eddie was an extremely isolated person. Mm-hmm. Like, really just had his family Some for social interaction. taco. Yes, Jeff. Some <laughs> might call him that. I certainly wouldn't, because I'm a fucking grown-up. Uh, so, like I said, Plainfield, Wisconsin, where Eddie was living, 
Already right. a very isolated area. It's in the, like the dead center northern half of mm-hmm. Wisconsin. It's right. like known for like like iron mining. Right. Like it's it's a very sad place. Yeah, but like a lot of paradoxically, black lung coming out of there. Yeah, paradoxically, you have this idea in these small towns in the Midwest where people like that. One, if you ask them what they like about living in a small town mm-hmm. in that part of the country, they go, "Oh, people just leave you alone. Right. People keep themselves to themselves. Hey, they're hardworking. They drink their PBR like the rest of us. See, PBR is a commie beer in a lot of these towns. Okay. Uh, well, not in Wisconsin. I'm sorry, you're right. This is probably more Schlitz territory, yeah. uh-huh. I would guess. Which yeah. is fun fact, my favorite beer. Oh, there you go. Um, but it's a beer that made Milwaukee famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Uh, they like oh nobody bothers you but at the same time everybody knows everything about right. everyone else like yeah. it, they make it their business to know everything right about each there's other. no so they like you're not safe from everybody no and further traumatizing the boys when it was rainy and too mm-hmm. fucked up to work the farm mm-hmm. augusta would keep henry and eddie inside and just read them passages from her bible that was the only like Ugh. entertainment they were enjoyed Ugh. and she always picked the most fucked up portions like Classic. book of revelations like uh, end Leviticus. of the world kind of shit yes yeah. Like, the worst type of stuff. So later, Eddie becomes obsessed with mm-hmm. this fucked up shit, I think. It's probably a little bit started from this. He becomes obsessed with, sto- like, adventure stories and true mm-hmm. crime books that specifically involve, like, mutilation and death. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, tales of South Seas cannibals, like, in the South Pacific and shrunken heads, you know, in the Philippines and stuff like that. And he also becomes obsessed with Nazi shit. Oh, he develops a-, a massive crush. Mm-hmm on a real-life Nazi, this woman named Irma Grisa, who was a guard in the mm-hmm. female section of Auschwitz. Yeah. Um, he kind of has a crush on her. and uh, But the, the point, whole point of this is he extremely isolated from everybody who is not his family. Right. Both Eddie and Henry, neither of them married well into adulthood. Like, and there's the thing is that there's not a whole lot to talk about through his 20s, 30s, into his 40s right. because it's just that the four He's of them living on the farm we got with the, the family and all we got to think shit. about is Nazi shit exactly mm-hmm. but once the sadness started in Eddie Gein's life right it would only be followed by gruesome by the gruesome and the grizzly I wrote that line. Oh, that's One a good line right there, buddy. <laughs> so, um, first, George Gein dies. Sad. The effects of alcoholism. Uh, heard of that. <laughs> Been there, Eddie. <laughs> now, uh, I don't know if you'll relate to this next part then. My Eddie was dead too, man. <laughs> Eddie was like, nah, I don't really care. Uh, no, I he, mean, the. That one did hurt me, so... Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) He said... People were like, he he was sad when his dad died, but he also didn't have a great relationship with his dad because of the abuse and the alcoholism and stuff. Um, But not long after that happens... Henry Gein dies. Oh, his brother? His older brother, who everybody said was his only friend. Man, if I lost my brother, I feel like... I would be one of the saddest human beings you would ever know. Yeah. That guy's my rock. Shout out Mike Morris. Shout out Mike Morris. He's killing it in Nashville as a musician. Nashville. He's a a drummer. Check him out if you can. That's where my Asian buddy lives. Hey, that's what's up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that dude has been through it with me, and I fucking love that dude. Hell yeah. And to lose someone like that has got to be, quite honestly, like, it changes you. Like, it's I've, extremely traumatic. I've lost my dad, and that changes you. Yeah. You know, I was relatively close with my father, um, but to have, like, your best friend in this life pass away in any kind of way oh, his only person it's like man that's got to well up. it's his only person that he can be probably real with because i imagine he's performing yeah. a bit for his mother right. his mother is the most important person in his life that is something that we need to know if you're going to understand Ed is Gein, this the guy is this the guy where his mom made him wash his dick a lot i imagine that happened okay gross I mean, that's a. I mean, it's not directly. I don't mm. know. It's, a, mm. it's not like a, that was more Gary Ridgway. That's who I'm thinking of. Gary Ridgway yeah. did have because Gary Ridgway, I think, was a bedwetter. Right into his like teenage mm. years. Yeah, and um, whenever it would happen, his mom would wake him up mm-hmm. and like make him like and would like viciously right. like make him like. <sighs> yeah, that's who I'm thinking. <clears throat> it's, of. That'll fuck you up. Sorry, quick tangent. Guys. No, you're good. <clears throat> um, but uh, Henry Gein died in a mm-hmm. brush fire. Oh man! So apparently, a started fire that you do to like burn away some brush. Yeah. And then it got out of control. It's the problem like a is, is that scorch and burn process. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there was um, Eddie. The suspicion kind of fell on him for a second. Maybe he killed his brother um, to have his mom all to himself. But I... Oh, jeez. Bow wow. Dog's freaking out. Um, <clears throat> but uh, no, so... But I don't think there's a lot of credence to that. I, I, you know, it's just the, the fact that Eddie knew exactly where to take police to find his brother's body in the mm-hmm. middle of this brush fire. Right. But the, the the injuries he had were not consistent with being murdered. Right. Um, it just didn't make sense. But finally, mm-hmm. the worst thing, and these all come, I think, within like a year of a half of themselves. Augusta Gein has a stroke. Mm-hmm. Eddie nurses her back from that. Oh. Like, she loses the ability to speak and walk, and she eventually makes it so she can speak and walk again. Mm-hmm. And uh, only... And Eddie's with her, like, 24-7. Oh, yeah. She yeah. is She is his best friend. She's his mom. She's the most important person in his life. Right. <clears throat> and she is also constantly talking about how he better not ever look at a woman. And then uh, he watches her have a second stroke, which mm-hmm. kills her. Right. Now, people in town said Eddie was upset about his father dying, mm-hmm. from what they could tell, and upset when his brother died. Mm-hmm. But they say it was nothing like when Augusta died. Right. It devastated him. And people often talk about this with serial killers, and the thing that triggers like sometimes them going over the edge is a mm-hmm. traumatic event. Like a spark. Well, you know. yeah, when they lose somebody or something really horrible happens in their life mm-hmm. and they uh, spiral out of control, which is kind of where we're getting. Is that now it's the, the, the mid-50s, right? Right. Ed Gein's living alone mm-hmm. on the family farm. Right. Which is slowly falling into dereliction. Right, because he's got <clears throat> nobody around him to help out. Yeah, it's just one you guys know this, but there's a lot of work to be done on a farm. There sure is. And one person alone, not enough. No. So he's doing little odd jobs around town. He's doing handyman type shit. Weirdly, also babysitting. Oh. Uh, <laughs> there's a family nearby, the Johnsons, who have two young boys who just hang out at Eddie's house all the time. 
already has like up to this point has a good rapport with everybody in town as like good with people exactly <laughs> well not necessarily so the general thing around town is that he's a bit odd mm-hmm. but harmless he's a quirky guy that's eh, eddie Gein. yeah everybody by the way we now know this case is ed Gein. every that's the ed Gein. Ed. Right. everybody in plainfield talks about him as eddie yeah. Which makes sense, because at this point he's in his 50s, but people are like, he's still like a little boy. He's I mean, they've like, known him his whole life. Eddie. He's Eddie. Yeah. That's Eddie. Like, um... Just, so... Just quick tangent. You ever watch Ed, Ed, and Eddie as a kid? Yeah, man. Dude, that show rocked. Dude, I remember my parents not liking me watching it, because they just thought it was stupid. It was. My parents and had very point, high man. standards for children's TV. <laughs> I still watch cartoons, man. That's oh, just dumb. I've returned to cartoons with a vengeance. Oh, man. Uh, quick recommendation. Hit me. Watch Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Dude. Ooh. If you guys aren't into anime, Colin, if you're not into anime, like, totally get it. But this is a whole different book, whole different realm. Get into it. It's... So good. It's not a new property by any means. It's just good TV. Nothing wrong with that. All right. I've been I've been given the recommendation of Cowboy Bebop, and I I do want to watch it. Mm-hmm. I'm not against it. I've liked some anime that I've seen. I My just God. it's just space cowboys. Who doesn't love that? I've heard it was I've heard it was like space cowboys mixed with like a noir detective uh-huh. element. Yeah. You know, I love all that shit. Yeah, that's good. I like space. I like cowboys. I like noir. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> back, to, back to center, guys. Back to Eddie Gein. <laughs> so around this time, around 1956, 57, mm-hmm. a tavern keeper in the next county over from Plainfield, this woman named Mary Hogan, Uh-oh. she goes missing. Now, guy who was a regular at her bar, mm-hmm. little guy by the name of Eddie Gein. Oh, Eddie. So, most folk called Mary cruel, prickly, and foul-mouthed. Okay. Yeah, she was a large, impending woman with an imposing woman with a thick German accent. And a lot of people think she looked a lot like Augusta Gein. Now, here's something interesting that I like about this, because Harold Schechter's book goes a really long way. It doesn't by any means make it seem like she deserved what happened to her, because she didn't. No, I mean, but I do love any time on the because I watch and consume so much true crime media. Right, I get a bit tired of them always being like the victim. Just such (laughs) she she just brightened up. I want to hear every just out of pure want for variety. This person, this one doesn't. (laughs) This one doesn't. I was like one time they were like, you know what? She had it coming. The only thing anybody had to say (laughs) about Mary Hogan was that she was kind of a bitch. (laughs) So awful. But. But does that? I, I want to go on record, go we're, on mic with you. We're, we're on mic here, and just say that being a bitch does not mean you should get murdered. No, nobody, nobody deserves, deserves to, be to get murdered, murdered. <laughs> with the exception of a choice few 
and their names are on a list in my notebook, and you'll never see them. Um, <laughs> That's just for Colin. Just for manifesto me. comes out. It's, just, it's not gonna come out. It's not gonna <laughs> when come Colin out. Gives up comedy to be a serial killer. <laughs> it's, why would I give? Up, why would I give one up? The last the episode of Murder Casserole is just gonna be just like Colin being like, okay, this is where it's coming. <laughs> yeah. So here's where you can find the bodies. <laughs> You would love that. It'd be great. So one day someone goes into Mary's bar, Mary Hogan's Tavern up Mm -hmm. there in Wisconsin, and they see a pool of blood that's been like scraped across, like someone's been dragged through. Okay, that's gruesome. Um, Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Uh, And police have no leads. Case soon goes cold. Right. Very quickly. Yeah. Because cops in the the 50s 50s. have no idea what the fuck they're doing. They were doing DNA. Over and over again in these small towns is just like not all of the skill sets that go into being a small town cop translate to when horrible murders happen. And if it's a geographical thing, thing. yeah, exactly. But but it's not. It does not happen in these small towns. But yes, it does. It's a big city thing. Because yes, it does. So uh, Mary Hogan's remains were later found among Eddie's other victims in uh, various states of butchering. So he for sure killed her. He yeah definitely. Okay cool. So we'll get to it. why how we know that for certain but uh creepily mm-hmm. a townsperson was talking with eddie one day about her going missing because it was right. news when she went yeah. missing um and uh he goes oh yeah i just wonder where uh, mary hogan could be and eddie Gein kind of t- makes a joke and goes uh huh i got her hanging up down at the house right now that's fucking gross <laughs> and people were just like ah that's just eddie yeah he's a weirdo right, guys <laughs> So sometime before the murder of Mary Hogan, Eddie Gein started robbing graves. Ah. He loved doing it. He'd dig down to the coffin, hit him with a crowbar, grab it, take the body out, take the body home, and play with it, basically. So his goal was to just get all the parts he needed to make his various trophies that he wanted to make. He was an experimenter. He made shrunken heads out of the bodies. He did cut off the heads and shrink them up like uh, they do in the Philippines. Just like show, soak it in vinegar. And no, I think like it's like oils and stuff iodine. like that. Yeah, and iodine. I Why can't they just like have a wholesome hobby? You know? I mean, this is like, wholesome. Yeah. This is a wholesome hobby if it's not corpses. Right, but, but like, okay. Instead of digging up graves, why doesn't he just pick up woodworking? Like, he can still murder, but he's just I, like I a, think because things like woodworking at that point are a necessity. Right. Like, he knew how to put that shit together. Okay, yeah, he's just, farm time he was just good at it. And, you know, he, he's, he's just like, like yeah, yeah, he's a serial killer, but, like, have you heard him play guitar, guys? <laughs> <laughs> you know who's a pretty good guitar player, apparently? Who? Clyde Barrow. I don't know Of Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Really? Good saxophone player, too. Oh, damn. Yeah. Mm. You know who's also a really good singer-songwriter? What? Charles Manson. <laughs> if you, you can find it on YouTube, Charles Manson's music. It's not bad. <laughs> he just was in the wrong lane. Well, he could have gotten no, the right No, I mean, lane he tried to do music. When we talk about Charles Manson and the family, we're going to get into his connections with the Beach Boys. Can I be there for that one, too? We'll see. Okay. I'm trying Because I do want to do one of these with a cult, too. <laughs> Okay, we'll do one with like a cult. Like my favorite. <laughs> All right, we'll do one with a cult. I, I mean, okay. Uh, but anyways, Eddie felt like 
Killing again. <laughs> so, itch, man. This time he picked a store owner and widow in Plainfield, woman by the name of Bernice Warden. Okay. Now, Bernice, Bernice Warden also sounds like a hard, gruff lady that might say some pretty harsh things. Yeah. yeah. Bernice Warden also was said to resemble Eddie's mother. Oh, so um, there's like quite a, a bit. He had a pet. He had a type. A he yeah, liked. He um, you heard it here, guys. Large serial killers have a type. If this is the first time you're hearing about this, I'm one. I'm glad to be your introduction to true crime because I think this is a pretty goofy version of it. <laughs> you just have a fucking grown baby sitting there. Listening to this. <laughs> Which one of us is the grown baby? Both. Yeah, I was gonna say, but. Um, so, uh, basically, Bernice Warden uh, also, like I said, kind of resembled Augusta Gein. Right. And also, uh, 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 sorry, uh, she was a widow. Yeah. So her husband had died in the year previous, and she had a grown son hanging mm-hmm. out and running this store with her. Um, but Eddie had asked her out. He was known for kind of going into the store and hanging around. Right. He was he just, just like, kind of pestering her. And he asked this is her like where I get my stuff, stuff guys. Yeah. He asked her out on a date a few times well right. she ran a she ran a hardware store uh-huh. so like he, he needed the stuff like, right he's, he's going there regardless yeah he was just like hey you remind me of my mom you want to go out i don't know if he led with the mom but like, uh, <laughs> that's not how you asked but your she, rejected, she always rejected she right. always rejected she was like there's a creepy vibe that i get so, from this guy it's first day of hunting season 1957 symbolically so ed gein yeah. Goes to Bernice Warden's store because he needs motor oil. Mm-hmm. So he goes in with a little can and says, fill me up with motor oil. She does so. And then he says, hey, Bernice, can I take a look at one of those twenty-two rifles you got for sale there? Mm-hmm. Just take a look at it. And she goes, oh, yeah. I can kind of predict where this is going to go. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Just keep right, going. Right, I want to see right, if I was right. right. And uh, she goes, okay. Gives him the rifle. And she goes, looks out the window. Just like, oh, looking at all the hunters mm-hmm. going out to town to get mm-hmm. their deer. Yeah. And uh, Eddie takes a bullet that he had brought from home. Right. Puts it into the gun. Yeah. Poof, shoots yeah. Bernice Warden in the back Yeah, of see, he just a mice of men's her. Yeah. Yeah. He did, he did not like the killing part, apparently. Uh-huh. He, oh, he wasn't a fan of the killing part. So there's a thing that a lot of people talk about in true crime stuff today is there's a product versus a process killer. Now, a process right. killer is someone who really enjoys the domination control of the kill itself. Like Dahmer or... No. No? No, I would say Ted Bundy. Okay. Could be a hybrid, actually. Richard mm. Ramirez was big on like the um, process. Richard Ramirez liked he was the night stalker. Right? Yes. Yeah. Richard Ramirez liked catching people off guard, mm. and the the fact that he was killing them was awesome to him. Dude, it was that guy gives movie. me the heebie-jeebies. He is not a. He is scary. Yeah. Um. He's very scary. It just reminds me of like the. Have you heard of like the shadow people cryptids? Where it's like you're you're asleep, and I'm sorry if this like triggers things for people, but like you're asleep in bed, and then you kind of get like sleep paralysis, and then you start seeing like shadow figures with like eyes kind of like coming towards you, and it like you wake up, you have sleep paralysis, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's like eyes of like shadow figures kind of like watching over you while you sleep. 
and supposedly there's like this whole cryptid story and like creepypasta and all this stuff about it um it's a it's a total trip um well i didn't know about this but, but richard ramirez kind of just like that's my image of the oh dog. it's terrifying it's just a nightmare home invasion serial killers are terrifying yeah because it's coming to a place that you're supposed to be safe btk mm-hmm. yeah you know there's a lot of but i would say uh ed gein is 100 uh and, and and you can't really classify him as like i said as a serial killer because he's only got the two known right victims. but he was he was big on the the product the, not on the, the product he wanted the, the bodies and we know this specifically because of his grave robbing habit like right. if he could have just robbed graves I don't think he ever would have had a name. I like how you preface the story of like, yeah, his kink would totally fit in here in Portland. Robbing graves. <laughs> I mean, you cannot tell me there are not people in this town who love bones. I'm sure there's And someone. love making shit out of skin. Oh, there, yeah, there's a lot of taxidermy here. There you go. Weird, man. And I don't think there's people who are against, like, Nazi fetishes. I bet mm-hmm. there's a club here you can go to and put on a swastika oh. and have fun getting whipped. Dude, you another, know? another big tangent. Portland, Oregon, some of the most original racism comes from here. This is what I've heard. Yeah, like... Uh, I don't know original. I, not I don't original, really want to no. give it that kind of qualifier. Yeah. But... <laughs> um, yeah, skinheads, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, comment section, but... I don't uh, even have one for this, so... Well, someone <laughs> might say something. All right. Um, Bulldogpodcast skin- at gmail.com if you want to take issue with uh, what Jeff says. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the skinheads kind of originated from Portland, Oregon, and Doc Martens actually was a huge proprietor of... I'm not going to slander Doc Martens, but... Uh, well, I'm going to correct you into, like, the skinhead movement of, like... like They adopted Doc, Doc Martens into Well, yeah, movement. but this is something that has been a thing for... It, it was a thing in the UK as well. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Skinhead, like, because mm-hmm. it's, like, a response to, like, the Windrush generation and yeah. stuff. It's an interesting history. I don't but know. They, they were huge here in Portland, Oregon for a long time, and I think they still have, like, a huge... Well, here's the deal about Oregon as a place, is that I feel like this is where you go when you want to just hang out in the woods and not be judged. Right. And people of all persuasions come to do that. Right. And I think that that uh, is not, it's one of the things I like about it out uh-huh. here. I like the, the the nature, and I think the nature attracts people from all levels of the political and belief spectrum, <laughs> which is very nice and whatever, but uh, that's not what we're talking about, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. We're talking about murder. Yeah, we're talking, talking about, about Eddie Gein. We're talking about killing people, guys. So, Eddie shoots Bernice in the back of the head. Yeah. Boom, she's dead. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think this is kind of how Mary Hogan died, too. Probably. Uh, something similar to it. So, he drags her body out. So, when someone eventually comes into the store, it's the same kind of scene as Mary Hogan's death. The right. Pool there's, of blood. Somebody's been dragged through, through. here. Um, he also takes the cash register. He throws the body in the cash register into the store's truck, like the company truck, mm-hmm. drives that outside town, walks back to town, gets his car, drives it out to where the truck is, takes mm-hmm. the body, leaves the cash register, mm-hmm. like opens it up and takes the money, but then takes the body home <clears throat> to do whatever he wants with. 
And eventually what he does is kind of... Does he keep the truck at his place? No, he left the truck somewhere. Okay. Left the truck out in the middle of nowhere. Right, okay. So, um, days later... That's a a bad place to... Oh, foolish. Just an immediate Oh, and Ed Gein was not very crafty. There's not a whole lot of process. No! I do have a question... Hit me. ...for a little bit later. Okay. Um... So keep going. Okay. So a few days later, Eddie gets brought in for questioning because uh, Bernie's warden's son is like, you know who's hanging around a lot? Eddie Gein. Mm -hmm. So they go check him. They kind of people have observed him kind of hitting on Bernie's. So they're like, let's go check him out. So while kind of been skeevy. So while he's being questioned, he uh, his house is searched, and very quickly at the farmhouse, uh, police found. Bernie's warden's body hung up in the summer kitchen, trussed up like a deer. So, which is ironic because, right. like we said, or maybe hunting season just started. First oh day of hunting God, season, guys. And you know what? Hunting season, big deal in this part of Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Very big deal. Right. But Eddie Gein never went deer hunting with the boys. Well, I'm gonna didn't be like it. Said he didn't like the sight of blood. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I've been deer hunting before. Yeah. Deer carcass doesn't look like a person carcass. Sure don't. <laughs> so. They not only find Bernice Warden, they start finding all of the things that Eddie made out of corpses. Mostly, they find a good chunk of the remains of Mary Hogan, but you know how they find out it is Mary Hogan? One of the cops reaches into a little Mm -hmm. paper bag and feels hair. So he grabs the hair and pulls it out, and they find... We're going to pause real quick. How does this cop know it's her hair? Just wait. Okay, go ahead. He pulls it out, and he comes away with a mask made out of, identifiably made out of Bernice Warden, or Mary Hogan's face. Oh, man. I was... So he looks at it, no eyes, just literally the skin, the, uh, just the face. That's nasty, man. And he goes, that's Mary Hogan. <laughs> On spot, he's like, I could recognize that face anywhere. There you go. <laughs> So, there were lampshades made of human skin. This sounds terrifying. There were chairs upholstered with human skin. You're kind of answering my question that I had, but keep going. There, here's my favorite. There was a belt... Why do you have a favorite? (laughs) (laughs) There was a belt made of human nipples. Honestly... To have a favorite? That's a good one. <laughs> right? Come on! That's fucked up. There was two bowls made out of the top halves of skulls. Uh, dude. That he would eat pork and beans out of. He would just make his instant ramen in that. No, his favorite meal was pork and beans. Okay. It's what he ate almost all the time. Well, can I have a fucking fantasy? Yeah, he made it. He made a fan of, He was big on top ramen. <laughs> he, made, all right? he made top ramen before top ramen was. <laughs> he was, he was really big into Asian culture. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, as I'm sure you can imagine. He kind of was. He was really into those cannibals in the Philippines. Um, Now, as you can imagine, the cops are like, Hey, Eddie, we've got some questions. (laughs) Hey, dude. Eddie. Just going to throw this out here. Did you do it? (laughs) Eddie, kudos to him for this. Doesn't say a fucking word. (laughs) I want a lawyer. (laughs) Doesn't even say that. 
Doesn't even say that. <laughs> so eventually, though, That's some big balls right there, man. <laughs> he confessed to killing Bernice Warden. Right. Just con- Bernice. Warden. Just the one. Because that's all he asked for. It was asked about it first. Did you kill Bernice Warden? And he mm-hmm. eventually confessed to that. And then soon after he was told what was found at the farm, he said, "All right, I'll tell you guys what's up." Basically, I'm paraphrasing. Obviously, he right. didn't say. That. That. This is actually but, word for word what Ed said. He well, this next part is true in detail. He mm-hmm. said, uh, "I'll tell you whatever you want to know. If I could just have a slice of apple pie with a piece of cheddar cheese on top." If we're talking meals to define a serial killer. We're going to go with apple pie with American cheese right on top. Cheddar cheese. Oh, cherry, cheddar cheese. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Well, they probably didn't have this the classic is, stick this at is that time. Wisconsin. They love their cheese. That's true. Still, cheese on top of apple pie. I'm feeling I like, don't know about how I feel about it. I feel like that defines someone that is not okay. I don't. I think that's actually probably a very common order of the time. It makes sense. Uh, people from Wisconsin, savory and sweet. Wisconsin, hit yeah, me. Yeah, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, hit Colin and I up yeah. on whether or not this is a common thing in your state. Mm. If you're just putting cheese on apple pie. Quick tangent. Yeah, go for it. Something that frustrates me a lot, I want to say, uh, on mic. Uh, There's been this thing going around uh, of Midwesterners liking uh, cinnamon rolls with chili on top. It's apparently like a signature Midwestern dish to some people. That is fucking bullshit. (laughs) I've never heard about that except for on the internet. And I am from what you could call the most mid of the Midwest. Right. Colin is dead fucking center. Fulfilling the stereotype on a regular basis. Bullshit. Bullshit. All right. I live in the. I'm. I rep PNW now. Uh-huh. But I'm. I. I through and through blood. But I'm Iowa. I'm bringing Iowa to the Pacific. Let's go Northwest. Hawkeyes. Let's go Hawks. Hawkeyes. Let's go Hawks. What's up? I'm a big Oregon State guy. Let's go Beavs. Nah, all, right. all right. I mean, we're bad. I didn't go to Iowa. I don't care. I went to <laughs> Northern Iowa. Um. So I'm a Panther. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, oh, wait, one more tangent. Yeah, hit me. If you guys are in the Portland area, go to Stepping Stone Cafe. They got amazing cinnamon rolls. Ooh, all right, noted. Stepping Stone. I've gotten good recs on this. That's a good place, dude. Sabrina shouted out Heavenly Donuts, mm-hmm. which yeah. sounds tasty. Also, if you're looking for a donut, Annie's Donuts. Annie's Donuts. All right, yeah. that's two competing donut references. Seventy second, Sandy. Seventy second, Sandy. Okay. Been going there my whole life, dude. Annie's Donuts. Uh-huh. All right. Do they have normal donuts? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Because I don't like this bullshit donut. No, no, no. Like this Dude, Voodoo Donuts is a stale donut with cereal. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That donut with the cereal on top, both stale. Yeah. Well, people they're, they're like, like cereal. It. People just like it because it's the novelty. Yeah. You know? Course. And, like, if you go at the right time of the day, sure, you could probably get a good one. I've only had it for free. Uh, that kind of defines what it is. So I'm dude. like sick. I'm they like, this do, is great. What I will <laughs> say, if you got a party going on, they will sell you a bucket of like day old donuts. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. And well, so, like, it, it, that's just economical for any. That's what I'm saying, man. Do. We get you used to do that a lot in high school. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. We're back to it. Back to fucking hanging bodies, guys. So eventually. 
Eddie convinced confessed to killing Mary Hogan. I thought you were about to say he convinced them that he didn't do it. No, like, he oh, confessed God. eventually to killing Mary. He told them how he did it. He did it the same way, so kind of both. for the most part. Uh, he uh-huh. killed Bernice Warden. Um, and he also uh, robbed <laughs> over ten area graves of women. So because they eventually like tallied up all the bodies they found in his property, like you mm-hmm. have like. Fucking 13 bodies. Have you killed 13 people? He's like, no, I only killed two. What if? The other, like, 11 were just bodies I dug up. And they were like, you're full of shit. Yeah, they kind of didn't believe what it. What if this is just thought, right? What if he knew that all the bodies he dug up were similar to what, like, his mom looked like? I don't think he did. No, he was just going for it. He, yeah. so, oh, excuse me. So, his thing... A lot of people thought it was impossible for him to try to, like, dig up all these bodies and get them out by himself. But they mm-hmm. went in and they went to a grave that he said he dug up. And they looked up. down there and it was dug up. And they opened up the fucking lid and all that was there was his crowbar. He's like, I left that there. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I re- actually remember I left that there. I was meaning to go get it. <laughs> yeah, just just like he said. So they, I don't think it was women who looked like his mom. He had a, a thing that he wanted to make a woman suit. Because I think tied into his mother's desire for him to have been born female. See, this is, this is really was, answering the question that I had. What was it? Just it was, okay, it. so it was like. How did all these movies get inspired by this dude? Because it just there's multiple like, pieces, right? It just sounded like he just like shot these women in the back of the head. Yeah, which is we're not going, in any of those movies, right? But like now, but we're getting, with, now we're getting to the like what he was going for. Yes, it makes sense why. Like, so with Norman face. Bates, it's the obsession with the mother. Yeah, and the uh, transvestism, I suppose mm-hmm. you would say. Um, the idea that he uh, lived partially as a, a woman, but also like the extreme mental illness and obsession, with, and mm-hmm. living very isolated, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, with Leatherface, it's the fact that he made a, masks. A bodysuit. He made a, a straight up bodysuit. Yeah. Which is also like, similar to Buffalo Bill, you know, Buffalo yeah. Bill, uh, yeah. you know, as a, as a trans. You know, I hesitate to call people serial killers like trans. People, I'm like that seems to be dragging down trans like <laughs> narratives know, or whatever. Dude. I don't, you don't know. know what he was going. I don't know fucking time. shit, Jeff. Then, like, excuse me. No, I'm pretty sure he identified as he. Like, you know. But in any rate, Gein was judged incompetent for trial. They said he's too crazy to go to trial. His lawyers won out. They did a battery of psychological uh-huh. exams on him. And they decided that he was not competent. He did end up having like an IQ of like ninety two or something like that. So do like, I, but I'm getting through the. I day don't to think day. you do have an IQ of ninety. I think your IQ is probably higher than that. <laughs> but <laughs> so he was sent to a mental hospital in Madison, where he apparently adjusted very well. He had a okay. job there, you know. Right. He he he, uh, he, he made, made a lot of chili. <laughs> made a lot of chili. He, uh, you know, just watched That's TV, hung out. Most, right there, guys. 
most of the residents of Plainfield did not like that he didn't go to trial. They would yeah. have wished him for, to have his day in court. I would probably be upset And eventually too. he did. About 10 years later, they retested him for competency. They uh-huh. found that he knew what he was doing at the time yeah. of the murder, so they tried him. Uh-huh. The trial was very quickly, very quickly like, committed guy, him. He did it. Very quickly pro- proved him guilty. His lawyers didn't even try to say that he didn't do it. They just tr- were trying Those to Those are good fucking lawyers right there. Yeah. I feel like if you're a defense lawyer and you're like, this guy fucking did it. There's also something to the northern part of the Midwest. It's a slide. big thing in Minnesota, just to the west of Wisconsin, is that this idea of reformation and studying uh, the diseased mind is a yeah. very big thing in that part of the country. I don't know as much in Wisconsin, but you know, it, it, like if Florida studying, is studying the psychological. Yes, I think that's why they wanted to do instead of throwing him in prison because they're like he's just going to get fucking killed. Mm-hmm. Like was probably. I at least, at least if he's like in a psych ward, they can be like, okay, why are you the way you are? Yeah, and they keep him away from society. He's mm-hmm. not dangerous anymore. Is you know, anything alive? like that. He is not. Okay. He would be a hundred and. He's born in nineteen oh six. Okay. So he would be a hundred and seventeen. Hmm. Well, little known fact, Colin. I'm actually 160. I don't think you are. <laughs> and that's actually... I don't think you are. That's actually how I got to be. <laughs> so, yeah. some have theorized uh-huh. that Ed Gein might have had more victims than just the two. Okay. But this mostly comes... And is supported by Eddie's response to uh, what an orderly in the mental hospital happened when, when uh, they told him that somebody had burned his farmhouse down. Okay, because somebody yeah. burned his house down. Well, I mean, randomly. rightfully so. They were like, this guy. But you know what his response was? Mm-hmm. He went, just as well. well, well. Which I, some people think... I don't know if I believe this. Mm-hmm. Some people think to me, and he had more bodies on the property of people he had killed that he had just not said anything about. But I don't think he's crafty enough to be mm-hmm. like when he's confessing to murders. Uh, it, because they tried to pin so, other murders on him. They tried to pin murders of a, uh, uh, of a young girl on him that right, were missing. Right. And it just didn't make sense yeah. because he didn't kill young girls. He and, killed and, uh, like, older women who specifically looked like his mom. Yeah, like, and like here, to some, to kind of add on to that, like, I'm no fucking, I'm no Scientologist on this. Um, You're no Scientologist. I, I hope You know not. Scientologist is a religion, right? That's that like saying is. I'm no Catholic on this. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it doesn't sound like he really, he was really aloof. You know, based on, like, what you've said. You know, with how, like, when his dad and his brother passed away, he was pretty, like, eh, I'm, yeah. I'm bummed. And so it makes sense why he would be, like, with the farm burned down? Oh, well. You know. I'm He's really in a mental home. He, he tried to get out, and the trial, they thought there was a chance he might have been proven not guilty uh-huh. and chance he could have made parole. But uh, in that... Finally, when they tried him, they all thought, oh, he's proven guilty. He's going to fucking jail. He's yeah. going to prison now. And the judge immediately just sentenced him back to the same mental home he had been oh, in. Really? <laughs> They're like, the, he's done well there. I'm oh, not going <clears> to. <throat> we're not going to ruin a good thing, guys. Pretty much. 
Don't you wish it could always work that way? Uh, sure. <laughs> Ed Gein got a really got a good, good treatment by the U.S. justice to, like system. I will say, though, I don't know how much I trust a psych ward in the 1950s. No, they were pro- well. There's two sides to it because in the uh, 70s is when they started shutting down all the state-sponsored mental institutions, right. and that made a really horrible thing because there was not enough institutions to deal with seriously uh, like, messed up people. Yeah, people that had like um, severe illnesses. <clears throat> yeah, uh, so the fact that this hospital managed to like keep him under wraps and he never had an incident after that, mm. I do think is impressive. Yeah, and I. Th- I, I don't think if this happens today, mm. I don't think uh, Ed Gein goes to a mental institution that no way. has a like a decent any kind of reaction to him. No way. But America loves prison. America loves prisons. <laughs> so finally, Ed Gein died uh-huh. in nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Of a heart attack. Oh. He dealt with cancer for a while, but it was a heart attack. I think they ended up killing him. So it was a policy at this hospital that uh, none of the patients have any visitors for any reason unless it's family. And mm-hmm. Eddie, when he went in, had no family. Right. So he never... Had he had some of his old habits still. He still had a problem of staring at women for uncomfortable periods of time. Right. He would stare at the nurses and stuff. Um... But uh, he was never interviewed. It's not like these other serial killers, like Bundy has a death row interview. Right. Dahmer has a big, uh-huh. like, uh, towards the end of his life interview. Ed Kemper has a bunch of interviews. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of serial killers a lot of them get, have, like, like, and they're like real Richard happy Ramirez. About it. Yeah, a lot of them really dig it. Uh, but because of this specific rule. And no one tried to challenge it. It was a big case right. when it happened, too. But no, by order of the judge, because the judge went completely, turned the, him over to the care of this mental institution, mm-hmm. and the director of that one had a very strict rule of no visitors unless mm-hmm. it's family. Mm-hmm. So because of that, no criminologists, no true crime people, no journalists went in. Only like the psychiatrist. Only the psychiatrist, and his condition next to never changed. He was very peaceable for like his entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But because of that, you, people are always left to wonder... Like if there was more that he did, or that he wasn't telling anybody, right. especially because he was like he wasn't gonna say anything unless he was asked about. No, that. if he has a pattern, then he's just a fucking serial killer, and they put yeah. him in jail. Like mm-hmm. this is he's clearly like not well. Like mm-hmm. although I kind of think that's bullshit. I certainly this guy was not. He had by the time he started murdering people, Harold Schechter talks about in the book of he he had had a. Full mental break, like yeah. at that point where he no longer like he was into dementia, like mm-hmm. like caused by traumatic events and isolation. Like yeah. his actions were not his own, for, right. uh, in a legal sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I necessarily buy of that, but like you're saying, I'm not a Scientologist on the matter. But like. This story being as famous as it did when it became famous in the late, mid-late 50s, mm-hmm. you know, 
just hit at the right time for the guy who eventually wrote Psycho, who's from Wisconsin, right. to be inspired by it, to write it. Yeah. Inspired Toby Hooper, who made uh-huh. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's inspired so many other things. He's like pop culture's perfect did, monster. Did right? the New York Times write about it? I bet they did. <laughs> but I wouldn't know yeah. <laughs> uh, about that. I'd have to go into the archives, yeah. which I don't want to do. But, no, uh, I don't either. Yeah, that's basically the story, Jeff. That's a banana story. Thank you for the nightmare. Um, <laughs> it's not that bad. You, He would have stayed so far away. He would have been afraid of you. Prob- I, honestly, man, I don't, I don't fuck with the horror serial killers all that much anymore. It's a weird time to say that now. I know, right? Being on, you've, we've recorded for an hour and 23 minutes. <laughs> I just wanted to be on your podcast. <laughs> I just wanted the juice. Yeah. Uh, Ending thoughts. Um, Ed Kemper. (laughs) Not a good dude. I'm going to put it out there. Ed Gein. Yeah, Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper's another one. Yeah, Ed Gein. Eddie Gein. Not a good guy. Um, He inspired a lot of good media. Yeah. Uh, Well, he didn't have a... he, He didn't have a... He never had a chance. Like right. the the family he was born to and the uh-huh. place he was born to, it was just a perfect storm. And yeah. the, the mind he was born with, yeah, it was just um, a perfect storm of circumstances that made Definitely. a a very fucked up individual who had spurts of violence that mm. he was cognizant enough to know how to use a gun. Right, and also grew up at a time where it was just normal to do that. Yeah, man, Wisconsin. In the fucking 20s and 30s. Hey, but they make PBR, and that's a good beer, guys. PBR. And cheese. PBR and cheese. And still, you know, you can still buy fireworks there. even if That's you, also you know. part of the ending notes, is that Wisconsin makes good beer and cheese, guys. Good. You ever had good cheese curds? I haven't. I, dude, I've but, been in the Midwest. Buddy. Well, we'll get you some good curds, because, mm-hmm. you know, you can get fried curds. Yeah. Um, we'll take you to a Culver's. Ooh, okay. Culver's. Then the Wisconsin listeners are bugging out from Culver's right <laughs> oh, now. Yo, Culver's? It's Butter Burgers, buddy. Oh, butter Burger. We're talking about butter. Oh, we're coming back to butter? Butter, butter Burgers. I'm a margarine guy. Well, fuck you. <laughs> um, custard. Yeah. Custard shakes. Yeah. Cold. Ooh. Ooh, so good. Ooh. So good. Cheese curds instead mm-hmm. of fries. Fuck me up. Just don't put it on apple pie. I guess. Yeah. If you're going to be one of those kind of prohibitionists. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for doing this, man. Of I appreciate course, Colin. It. Thanks for having me, yeah. dude. Um, I'm going to do a small plug. Plug it. I'm doing a show at my house next Friday, February 24th. Yeah. Um, Colin's this will gonna... probably come out after this. Well, who cares? <laughs> Colin's going to be on it. Uh, I'm going to give I'm him the video. There. And if you can watch the videos that we do, yeah, man. Uh, follow me on Instagram. I'm Jay Morris six one one seven. Hell yeah! Follow follow Colin on Instagram. Yes, and uh, you know, keep it keep it going. Keep keep it hunted. Keep it hunted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you.